Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to another episode of Data Protection Gumbo Podcast. I am your host, Demetrius Malbro, and we have an exciting show lined up for you today with David Sinclair, who is the founder and CEO of Four Freedom Mobile. And he'll tell you a little more about what uh, Four Freedom Mobile is. So uh, David is a telecommunications and technology expert with over 30 years of experience in the industry. And he has also worked on a variety of location tracking, facial recognition and communication surveillance systems for governments and state owned organizations across the world. So super excited to have David on to maybe learn how to keep my own mobile conversation secure. Welcome to the gumbo, David. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me, Demetrius. All right. What is For Freedom Mobile? And after you explain what that is, maybe go ahead and give us just a little information about something that you are excited about before we dive in. Okay, sure. So uh, just a little background on uh, where Ford Freedom Mobile came from. I spent uh, a lot of years outside the U.S. implementing various types of security systems and tracking systems and things like that for governments and government agencies uh, around the world, uh, all of it outside of the U.S. And when you're doing that type of uh, work as a foreigner, you're you know, they're worried that you're a spy yourself, right? So you're constantly being surveilled. So not only was I implementing surveillance systems, but I was being surveilled myself. And I was really excited back in 2019 when I moved back to the U.S. So I thought, oh, great, I'm moving back to the land of the free after, you know, most of the last 30 years being outside of the U.S. And I was shocked when I got here to discover how much I was surveilled here in the U.S. And I began talking to friends about it. And everybody's concerned about their privacy. Everybody's concerned about the security of their personal information. But the big problem is everyone's like, well, it's too complicated. You know, what do I do about it? You know, I got to have a PhD in cybersecurity to know what to do. And and so I decided, you know, we need to do something to make this easy for people. And so that's really the genesis of For Freedom Mobile. Uh, I, de- I spent about two years uh, developing a platform that uh, empowers people to stop network operators, tech companies, and others are tracking them through their mobile phone. And that, that's really what For Freedom Mobile is all about, is helping people to secure their mobile phone and stop getting tracked all the time. Um, and it's good for consumers. It's also good for businesses. Because, you know, you think about from the business perspective, businesses spend millions of dollars a year on cybersecurity and almost nothing on securing their employees' mobile phones. And how much business do people do on their mobile phones these days? A ton. Right. So uh, all these bring your own device uh, policies that co- these companies have, it's kind of uh, scary uh, how much risk there really is with the uh, users mobile devices these days. Yeah. So th- does it matter if I have an iPhone versus a some type of Samsung device? Is it is it all the same surveillance and tracking anyway? Or is one device more secure over the other or they're all like necessary evils that can you know, be tracked and hacked and all the other fun things that go along with that? I mean, it varies by attack vector, right? So so let me just give you a couple of quick examples, right? No matter what type of phone you're using, 
uh, generally speaking, your network work operator is going to be able to track your location, track your identity, track your communications, track your internet activity. They're going to be able to collect an amazing amount of data on you. They're going to know what time you woke up this morning because what's one of the first things almost everybody does in the morning? They pick up their mobile phone. Well, they're actually able to access your phone's gyroscope to see what you know angle it's been tilted at or the fact that it's been moved even, right? Uh, they're able to track you know who's in the same house as you. You know, last night when you spent the night, you know, where, who would you spend the night with, right? It's, it's an amazing amount of data that network operators are able to track. And I can talk about what we've done to, to help uh, uh, lessen that. Uh, but that's one attack vector, though, is the, the network operators collecting your data. Then you've got your app suppliers. And, of course, there's a lot of information they're able to pull out of the operating system, right? So, really, the, the operating system is the critical component because that's what's collecting all the data. And that's where all of your app providers are accessing that data to pull it out. So, if you look at the operating systems, your average iOS operating system on your Apple phone, right, it's collecting tons of data. And according to the FCC, it sends back information on you to Apple 52 times a day. Your average Android device, just like the Apple device is collecting tons of data on you, even scarier, it's sending data on you back to Google 14 times an hour on average. That's more than 300 times a day, right? So that's six times as much as your Apple phone is. So, you know, maybe the, what Apple's sending back is sending it back less often, but it's pretty much sending back the same data, right? You're just connecting, collecting an enormous amount of data on you, right? And so... Uh, there's a lot of different ways your data is getting collected. The other thing to remember is what's being done with that data. So in general, the network operators and most tech companies that are collecting your data, they have an entire revenue stream around selling your data to third parties. And they'll sell that to anybody with a buck. They don't care who's buying it. They, they often go through data brokerages to sell it where they have no clue who the third party is. And there have been numerous instances in which, you know, as an, as, as an example, there was a company recently that sold all of its clients' data to a third party without checking out that third party. And it turned out that third party was a Vietnamese ring of identity thieves. Wow. So, wow. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what's going on with that data. The other thing, though, to, to th think about is the government has open access to a lot of that data. Yeah. So as an example, by law, all the network operators are obligated to collect records of every phone call you make and receive, every text message you send and receive. They collect your location 24-7. They collect all your internet activity. And that includes your app activity, right? Because every app you open, it connects to the internet. So they know mm -hmm. what apps you're doing. Yeah. They collect all of that data, and they're obligated by law to maintain that data for a minimum of five years and to provide the government access to that data without a warrant or a subpoena or anything like that. Okay. And so it's an enormous amount of data that's getting collected and it's getting shared with third parties that they're not even tracking who they are and what they're doing with the data. And it's getting shared with the government. And, and this is true in the U.S. It's also true in almost every country in the world. They have these types of laws. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of scary when you start thinking about what's going on with that data. Right. Yeah. And David, let, let me ask you this. You are you are a wealth of, of information and just that last two or three minutes of, of you just explaining, you know, kind of where where the different access points are and how uh, these network operators can get access to your data and how they have access to your data. And the government and everyone uh, literally can tap into uh, kind of your your whole life story at any moment. Um, but what, what I want to ask, though, has any of that accelerated as a result of where we are right now with AGI, artificial 
you know, intelligence and, and um, chat GPT. And th- that's all the hype and conversation that's going on right now. What, how do you view that? Is, is that something that we should be concerned about or we should be happy that AI is here? And does that have anything to do with the privacy and security of a mobile phone? Because I know ChatGPT has an app that you can actually run on your phone as well. So right. what, what do you think about that? T- tell so, me something I don't know. So what I would say is what we're seeing in terms of things like ChatGPT, these are the first this is the first time that outside parties are gaining access to these types of AI tools. The fact is Facebook, Google, and other companies have been developing these AI tools for their own internal use for over a decade. Okay. So yeah. if you, you can go back actually on the internet and do some searches and you'll see from about 2008 to 2014, Facebook and Google in particular were running a lot of experiments and actually publishing the results of these experiments in which what they would do is they would look at a person they would manipulate that person's access to information. So in the example of Google, you know, manipulating their search results, or in the example of Facebook, manipulating what they see in their uh, stream on Facebook, right? And based on that, they would cause that person to take certain actions. Okay. And so they were able to manipulate these people's access to information with the objective of causing them to do certain things. And on the one hand, you say, oh yeah, they're selling us ads, they're causing us to click uh, through an ad, right? But the other thing they were doing, though, is they were actually seeing if they could make them take real-world actions, offline actions, based on what they showed them, the information that they showed them. And they proved that they could. And so what they've been doing for over a decade now is they collect as much data as they can on you, and they use AI to actually create a virtual version of you. Mm. So there's a virtual Demetrius sitting in Google's database, sure. and Google is collecting as much data on you as they can, and they're buying third-party data as well as collecting their own data, and they're constantly building, adding that data into your, that profile, and they use that profile as a tool to determine what information to show you when you do a search, or yeah. what ads to show you, or other kinds of things. And so if you, you know, one of the scary yeah. things that I find about tools like Google or Facebook or the, and their search capabilities is – when you enter a term and I enter a term, mm-hmm. we come up with completely different sets of results. Right. Because they're manipulating our access to information, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it isn't like you're going to a library and everybody has all the access to the same information. Nobody really looks past the second or third page of search results mm-hmm, ever, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so by manipulating which pieces you see at the top of your first page, you know, that's where most 80% of people never get past the first page. Yeah, they're really manipulating your perception of the world around you by manipulating that access to information, and they're using AI tools to do that. Okay. All ChatGPT is is it's giving you and me access to see what they've been able to do for years now. A portion of it. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Well, a portion of it. That's right. right. That's right. You know, and and and, and I'll tell you, there, there's a. Uh, personally, I'm very nervous about AI. I, I see. AI as having a lot of risks associated with it. And I honestly believe that there should be some type of global regulations around AI and how it's developed and all of that. The problem is, 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 you know, I've lived all over the world and I've seen governments all over the world. And I'm a firm believer, even if there were some international treaty on how AI should be developed, there's going to be some government or some individual group of scientists that are going to ignore that. They're going to push the boundaries on that. And, and so I think it, it, we're much more in a place of, okay, how do I protect myself against 
the potential negative consequences of AI? You know, what are the tools I need? And, and, and I think that's really where we as individuals need to start thinking about it. There's, there's the positive conversation, okay, how can I benefit from utilizing tools like ChatGPT, for example? But there's also the, the, the negative side, which is, okay, how do I protect myself from this now? And I'm a firm believer that, that part of what For Freedom Mobile's mission is, is to help people take back their digital freedom, to help protect them from these type of AI tools, creating valid models of their virtual selves, if you will, right? Yeah. You know, the virtual Demetrius doesn't need to have everything. Right, right, yeah. And now, uh, as, you're, as you're speaking, I'm really trying to, okay, wrap my, wrap my head around this. Okay, is this something that the normal person, just a average Joe or Jane, should they really be concerned here? Because most of our conversations are we're talking to the kids and, you know, we're having conversations with people that we may not deem as uh, being tapped into like the um, first responders. And I mean, we're not talking like super secret information here, but I, I see what you're saying. Is, is this something we, we should all be concerned about? I, I know the answer to that. From for myself, but I really wouldn't like to be tracked, and I really would like to have some type of privacy. But we we just live in a world nowadays, especially with if anything is connected to the internet, if there's a an IP address, if it's connected with the MAC address, and you're plugged into that digital universe, which is where we're headed, then there's going to be some type of tracking. You you agree with that or disagree with that? I would say there there is always going to be attempts to track you. The question is, can you arm yourselves with tools to prevent that type of tracking, right? And, and, and that's really where, where my company focuses on is developing and providing those tools to our subscribers, right? But to your question, your first question on, does the average Joe need to be worried about this? And, you know, honestly, I grew up an idealist. You know, I believe very much in the way America was founded and I was, you know, raised very patriotically and all that type of thing. And I never really thought that, you know, the American government would be, you know, doing things that would, would, you know, that I'd need to worry about mm -hmm. as just a regular Joe, you know, going through my normal day, right? right? Unfortunately, what we've seen over the last, say, six, eight years are more and more news stories coming out showing how the government is doing things that really kind of go beyond what the normal American wants them to do. And also, especially this picked up during the pandemic when people started asking questions. And normal questions, you know, is the vaccine the right thing for me to do? You know, are, are there potential side effects to the vaccine, right? We saw an enormous amount of censorship going on, and we saw an enormous amount of tracking going on, and, you know, negative consequences for people who asked basic questions in social media, right? You, and, and so it's my belief that we're unfortunately at a place in America today where that we have seen real life examples of both private groups through kind of the cancel culture, as well as government organizations utilizing our personal data to cause negative consequences for us, to ostracize us from society, make people lose their jobs, you know, even pursue people, right? And you've seen examples in Canada where they've even frozen people's bank accounts because they spoke out against the government. You know, that's scary. Canada is supposed to be a democracy just like the U.S., you know, and, and, and with the U.S. federal government talking now about doing a digital dollar that's going to be controlled through the Fed, 
you know, are they going to prevent me from donating to causes that I want to support because they don't like those causes? You know, I mean, just it's it's just scary the, the the directions that we've seen governments as well as private organizations take this technology. And so, I'm I'm a really big believer that you know anything you and I are thinking about and discussing today, you know, could be used against us tomorrow if it suddenly becomes disfavored, right? Yeah. I mean, even the conversation we're having right now tomorrow could be decided. Oh, they were talking about how to stop the government from tracking. That's not an alignment with our policies today yeah. therefore we should pursue them right. you know right. I, I, I so so it's it, it's it's a it's kind of a strange new world that we live in right now yeah and then you and, and so i think we we need to do things to protect ourselves yeah you, you also mentioned uh, that you provide the tools in order to keep i guess to minimize the tracking or stop the tracking and make make your footprint more secure and one thing i'm curious about is using a vpn how secure is that and maybe give me the science behind a vpn and because most people don't really use one especially on their cell phone or even on their home computer because (laughs) they just don't know about it and maybe if you're ignorant then you just you don't know Um, because your ip address tells your your address right literally where you live pinpoints exactly where you are but What's the science behind that? And maybe you can give us some more information about VPNs and other tools. Sure. So, so our service actually includes a VPN because I'm a big believer that VPNs can help. Now, they, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people think VPN is the one solution that solves it all. Uh, and it's not, right? So what a VPN does is really two things, if it's a good VPN. A, it encrypts all of your internet activity, meaning that the network operator or anybody listening in on that network is not going to be able to follow what you're doing on the internet, you know, which apps you're using, which websites you're visiting, what searches you're doing, that sort of thing, right? A VPN doesn't help at all, though, if you're making you know, regular telephone calls or sending text messages or things like that. It doesn't, it doesn't help anything like that at all. The second thing a VPN can do, though, if it's a good VPN, is it'll hide your IP address. So it'll present to the network a different IP address, usually the IP address of the server that you're connected to rather than your own personal IP address. And to your point, a lot of people don't understand what an IP address is. An IP address is essentially a set of numbers that allows anybody looking at it to determine exactly where you're located at any given point in time. Right, because your IP address is location specific. So that's you know uh, uh, w- with the VPN. Now I will tell you, um, if you look at China as an example, in China, if you go, try to go sell a VPN on the App Store, you cannot sell a VPN in China on the App Store unless you have provided the Chinese government with your encryption keys. <laughs> The same thing is true uh, uh, in Russia in that they won't allow uh, Russian developers to develop anything with encryption in it unless they give the Russian security services the encryption keys. And so Telegram, as an example, is not truly encrypted because the FSB, the Russian security service, has the encryption keys for Telegram, and they can look at basically everything that happens uh, on the Telegram app uh, Mm -hmm. as a simple example, right? Um, uh, Interestingly… The law that Congress is debating right now that's supposed to stop people from using TikTok, it's become something much broader than that. It's called the Restrict Act. Uh, one of the things, one of the clauses in it is everyone will be provided, obligated to provide the government 
with their encryption keys for a VPN. And so that would allow the American government to do the same thing the Chinese government does, which is break through whatever your encryption you're using and look at everything that you're doing, which, you know, I think most Americans would agree that doesn't really align up, line up very well with our Declaration of Independence mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, any of those kinds of things, right, right? right? But that is a part of the current Restrict Act, and it's kind of scary, to be honest with you, right? So, so VPNs are great. The other thing you got to remember about is who are you getting your VPN from? There's a lot of people. Something like 70% of the VPNs used in the world today are free VPNs. Okay. If you're getting something for free, then <laughs> you're the product. Right. And so usually the VPN providers themselves, they may not be sharing your data with the network operator, but they're collecting and selling all of your data. Right. Uh, The other thing, too, is, is your VPN provider uh, providing its own DNS servers? Okay. So what very often happens is you use a VPN and it protects you up to the VPN server, but then that server sends your request out to a regular DNS server, domain name server, for people who don't mm-hmm. know what a DNS server is, that's basically the server that tells tells your browser where to go to get the information. It's like the yellow pages of the internet, right? And so uh, what happens though is those domain name servers, if they're using a public one, those are able to collect your data as well. They're collecting all your search information. And so it's really important that when you get a VPN, you make sure they're using their own DNS servers not a third-party DNS service, and that those DNS servers aren't logging your searches. Uh, got it. Wow. So that's a lot of information. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and, and I, I hope we're not spreading doom and gloom, but we're, we're definitely, from my perspective, I think we're opening the eyes, right, of the that normal Joe and Jane, right, that, you know, <laughs> information is being collected and we we are all being tracked, and sometimes you really have to understand and think, you know what, maybe uh, I want some type of security or freedom because we we think, you know, physical security for our homes and cars and all of that. But we don't necessarily think about that security when we're browsing the internet or we're on our phones. And we spend more time on our phones than we do on our laptops and computers, I would say. Absolutely. So... Yeah. And uh, maybe one more question and let's maybe lighten the scene up a little bit. What, what, what are you reading these days? What's on your nightstand or what are you what, what are you what are you interested in right now that you can maybe give us some some enlightenment on what David is interested in? One of my hobbies, my wife is actually a uh, uh, professor of French language and literature by by. Uh, uh, education and she and I as a hobby we study foreign languages. We've lived all over the world and we like to study foreign languages. So uh, you tell me what's David reading right now? Well, we're getting ready to take a trip this summer to Italy, and so we're studying Italian. And I'm reading books on on great hiking in in Italy because we love to go hiking. So uh, okay, we, we live in Utah, and Utah is a phenomenal place if you like hiking and things like that. So yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we're mm-hmm. just, we're just finishing now ski season and, uh, finally the snow's finally going away. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're getting to start our, our hiking season and things like that. So, so really the books that I'm reading right now are primarily focused on our trip to Italy and, and the, the Italian language and then hiking, uh, in, in Italy is, is where I'm focused. But, uh, okay. uh beyond that, there's a, a couple of other books that are, are really interesting. One of them I think is interesting to this conversation that we have is a book called privacy is power. Mm. Did uh, you write it? And, and, and. I did not write it. No, uh, there's a professor out of uh, the UK that wrote it, and I apologize off the top of my head, I cannot remember okay. her name, but I'll be happy to share it with you as soon as, as, soon as I remember. Yeah. But it's the book's called Privacy Is Power, and you know the book itself has got a lot of detail on it. But the first chapter of the book is 
giving a phenomenal explanation of A, how all of your data is collected today, and B, why it's probably not a good idea. Uh, and, and it gives a really interesting example, not to spread any more doom and gloom, but a mother's having a really tough conversation with her son about his uh, personal habits. And the, t- the TV in the room at that time is listening and collecting all of that information. You know, and it's kind of, it's kind of a, okay, you, it's, but the, 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 the thing is, is that it is a proven to be true that that is actually happening. All mm-hmm. these smart TVs yeah. are also collecting our information, you know, just like, you know, we have Amazons in our home, just like mm-hmm. everybody, right? These Alexa right. devices. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm a big stickler for making sure it's always on mute unless we're using it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still listening in on us, but at least we're trying to put it on mute, right? So it's not, so the microphone on it is off, but uh, we do what we can. One more thing and I'll let you go. Have, have you seen the Black Mirror series on Netflix? I have not actually watched the Black Mirror. Uh, and you're not the first. You're you not the first would, person you, who's who's, 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 who's told me about this. You would enjoy that, David. I mean, this conversation and the the way they lay it out. I mean, it's graphical and it's. I think it's very. Um, it's it's amazing how they paint that picture, and they they put it in a story format with within a, a show a series that taps you into the future and it shows you some of the security things and we're being surveilled and tracked and all these different things and how we are we're craving for likes and how that whole digital world sucks you in and it taps into the dopamine the dopamine in your brain and it and we're we're all just leaning toward that society where it'll be a digital world and we'll all kind of play in that virtual world and the real world will just kind of be a boring place but that virtual world will be like the place that everyone goes to really have fun and hang out and also work. So t- take a look at that. Go ahead and put that on your list. Well, you know, I, I definitely will, Demetrius. You know, one thing I do want to say, though, is that, you know, I'm not somebody who's saying, oh, we shouldn't be using the metaverse or you shouldn't be using social media. You know, I, there's a lot of value to be gained out of those things. Um, what I will tell you, though, that we try to do is we're trying to provide you tools so uh, you know, we're about to launch a new app right now that's going to be free for all of our subscribers, which we call Safe Social Media, which will allow you to use social media without social media using you. So you'll be able to still use LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, Instagram and, and Snapchat and all your favorite uh, uh, social media tools, but it'll prevent those uh, uh, social media platforms from being able to collect the data off of your device. And, and so... You know, it, 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 I'm a big believer in these things, but I'll, I'll definitely check out the uh, Black Mirror series. That, that sounds very interesting. Sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's another one too, Altered Carbon, which it goes in okay. a different direction, but on a similar path. There, I, I love all different types of sci-fi movies and and uh, ones that that I think will stimulate me intellectually. Uh, but mm-hmm. I know I know we're digressing here and uh, just, you know, super, super, super uh, excited to have had this conversation with you. I'm sure the Gumbo listeners will walk away with some insights and, and maybe they'll, they'll reach out to learn more information and, and check out, you know, your website and to uh, maybe also inquire about some of the uh, tools and, and systems and services that, that you provide as well. So. Uh, really excited to have you on, and thank you for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. Hey, I, thank you very much, Demetrius, for having me. And I just want to one more time mention the website in case people want to learn more, uh, if you don't mind. It's uh, forfreedommobile.com. That's the number four, freedommobile.com. So 
Thanks so much, Misha, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your audience. All right. And the uh, make sure you go out as a gumbo listener. Check out the LinkedIn Backup and Recovery Professionals Group, where we have over 25,000 security, storage, data protection professionals hanging out and having great conversations similar to the ones we're having here. Uh, and please go out to Apple Podcast and leave us a, uh, a review because this is how we continue to operate and show up on the on the web, right? Because all those likes help us trend and track and stay on that first page of Google, um, which is super important. Thank you again for listening to Data Protection Gumbo.